Finding a job right now is not easy. Given COVID-19 and the stay-at-home orders, we've seen over 22 million people lose their jobs and apply for unemployment. Some estimates say that this makes up about 13% unemployment rate, which, if that's true, would suggest that this is the highest unemployment rate we've had since the Great Depression, even higher than the Great Recession earlier. What are we to do in this time? Today, I have the opportunity of talking with a Fortune 500 executive recruiter who's helped hundreds of marketing and insights professionals land jobs. Today, we'll talk about how to be strategic in finding that next role. Virginia is going to talk about resume advice, the importance of company connections, which jobs to apply for, and answering the question, should you take a pay cut to get that next job? This is Digging for Insights, the marketing research podcast for insights professionals and businesses looking to deeply understand their customers so they can grow. I'm Stephen Griffiths, a Fortune 500 corporate researcher. Join me as we talk with experts about inspiring case studies, career advice, and research methods that will lead to growth. Virginia Rohr is an executive recruiter with 14 years of experience at the O'Connell Group, a leading executive search firm in consumer marketing and market research, founded in 1993. The O'Connell Group serves companies nationwide, from America's largest CPG leaders to entrepreneurial and private equity-backed enterprises. Virginia spent the first 19 years of her career in marketing, from sports marketing with the New Jersey Devils to CPG to direct-to-consumer in the finance industry. Since becoming a recruiter 14 years ago, Virginia has helped hundreds of people who are looking to build careers in marketing brand management, consumer insights, and digital marketing. Virginia, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. As you well know, this is a crazy time to be in job search right now, right? As of last week, 22 million people filed for unemployment. There are a lot of people looking for jobs. I wanted to talk to you to hear more about what jobs and hiring is like given the COVID-19 situation and uh, career advice as well. Could you start off by talking about how COVID-19 has impacted the hiring industry from your viewpoint? You know, prior to COVID-19, we had over 50 companies with multiple jobs. At the start of COVID-19, when the shelter in place took, took effect, we, all, we had less than 10 of those put things on hold. And that's one of the reasons Brian O'Connell started our group, um, went into CPG. It's a stable, essential business line. Gotcha. That makes sense. And I'm curious for those who, you know, you find a company that is still hiring right now during COVID-19 and they move forward in that recruiting process. Has that process of actually taking those steps to get hired changed given the shelter in place and other orders that are in place right now? You know, not really. We've been interviewing via phone and video conferencing for years. Most companies not because of any other reasons, but efficiencies, time efficiencies, number one, and cost efficiencies, number two. So we typically have for the last, I would say five years, if not more, the first phone call interview, the second one might be a second phone and or video. And then even sometimes a third one in a group scenario, um, especially if it was a travel, because that way they weren't paying for the airfare, the hotel, et cetera. So it's certainly saved on cost. So that part of the process has been the same. The only thing that's really going to be different is the last piece. We do have some companies that are willing to hire in this time without seeing somebody. I, even before COVID-19, I had a couple companies making offers without ever seeing the people. They were like, do they really need to see the building? <laughs> so we have had people start remote 
because they had gone through the process much sooner um, and they were in the final stages. So their start dates were in these months that were in shelter and home. And it worked. These companies were set up to onboard people. They, they did Zoom meetings. People, you know, you, you know, your first week or two, two you're lots of times you're getting up to speed on, on the business. So a lot of reading is done, a lot of phone calls. Obviously, it's not ideal. You're not there. You're not absorbing. But it certainly is doable. And we've had companies doing it. We've had people starting from home. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah, I, I wonder, you know, hopefully you're exactly right. In a couple of months, it'll all be back to normal. I know there have been conversations that I followed online of, you know, especially companies that can work from home of potentially that being more of a, a norm. Do you ever see or have you heard about companies potentially being willing to hire people who will permanently work remotely more than before? Or is it too early to see if there's any change there? You know, it's interesting because I just had this conversation yesterday with a couple of our hiring companies, and that actually is a concern of theirs. They need these jobs in the office. I'm curious to your point earlier about recessions. If we are going into another recession, what are some of the recruiting lessons that you experienced during the last recession that people should know about for this one? Definitely. Great question. If you are sending a resume out that's not in tip-top shape, it's a waste of time. Because once you're ruled out, it's hard to come back out of that hole. You need to, to make sure your resume is, you know, marketing is a fact-based business. You influence people with the facts. If I'm hiring somebody for a, you know, manager level job, senior manager or director job, and everybody just lists on their resume what they do, they're all going to look the same when I get down to the final, you know, people. And so you need to have your title and you need to have your responsibility line accountable for $400 million brand, three direct reports, whatever your accountability is. And then your bullets need to be what you've accomplished owning that chair sitting there. If you just list what you do, I can't tell the difference between you and the other people that list the same thing. So it's really imperative that people put a few results on their resume. So it sounds like one of the key things when you do find yourself in the job search is don't immediately apply to a ton of jobs, but really take time to make sure your resume and your accomplishments are, are clear, Pro probably on LinkedIn as well, in addition to your resume? On LinkedIn, yes. LinkedIn's a little bit more difficult because of, of just how it's set up, but that's really important because if you're applying to a job, I mean, first and foremost, you should have a connection, whether it's a recruiter like myself. I mean, we are hired to find the right people and our resumes go to the front of the line. I call it the Disney Fast Pass. If you're already in general admission, I can't take you out of line. If you've already applied online and by law, every company must post their jobs. Is that the best route in getting in the general admission line? No. People are saying right now, I just want a job. I get that. But hiring companies get that too. And they can smell desperation. So you really still need to do your homework and you don't want to just throw your resume out there and hope that they call you because you can then talk them through. If you have nothing on your resume that talks about innovation insights and it's an innovation insights job, then you're, first of all, AI is not going to pick you up, nor is a human being going to pick you up because it's not on your resume. I talked to a woman yesterday who, when I first got her resume, I was like, oh man, this is not telling me enough, but I'm going to call her and talk to her. She told me on the phone so much more. And I said to her, you are so much more than your resume says. I go, these are the things that need to be on your resume. So she's rewriting it. I was like, if I had just looked at her paper, I never would have brought her in for this one job. But because I heard her now, people would argue, we'll see you talk to her. We don't have time to talk to everybody. The hiring managers don't want to talk to everybody. They want to talk to four or five, six really good qualified candidates and then figure out which one is the best for their job. 
the more you share with your recruiter, the more helpful they can be in positioning you. So if anything is odd or if there's any weird moves on your resume or if there's any gaps in time, you help them understand personally and professionally why this opportunity makes sense. Do your homework on the company. If there's certain geographies that you're open to, be aware of all the companies in that geography that would have a person like you, even if they don't have a job opening right now. Some of your recruiters, if they have really good relationships with their hiring companies, can actually send you in even when there's not a job. Because most of our long-term hiring partners will say to us, if you see a fantastic person, even if we don't have a posting, can you make sure we're aware of them? Because we never know, it might be something we've been thinking about, we just haven't done. And then also realize there's a lot of companies out there, they do this all the time in this environment, of course, but also in different times is they do what we call phishing. They'll put a posting out there and they really don't have a job. What they're doing is they're collecting resumes. So be aware that you might just be getting in a in a in a pile, which is not a bad thing per se, but I hear a lot of people, you know, upset that they didn't get anything back. Companies don't have the bandwidth to respond to all the thousands of people that respond. Some people want to go into a job, oh, I'll take a pay cut. No, they don't. You're a risk if you're taking a pay cut. So if I'm hearing you right, it sounds like Um, Given the recession that's um, probably coming up, you got to be really clear about your skills and your abilities and really target what you're going for because the just about right fit that might have worked in the last year or two might not be so easy to land now. Is that what I'm hearing? Correct. And then what you do in the meantime, so you don't pull your hair out and go crazy and start yelling at your family is whatever you can do to be proactive. So by that, I mean, Not only get your resume in order, identify the companies that would be suitable for someone like yourself and really know yourself inside and out. But then also, you know, is there some digital work that you need to bone up on? Is there some other information that you need to, you know, get online classes in something, you know, really make sure that you're doing everything proactively that can demonstrate what you've been able to do. Some people, you know what, I know a lot of people are open to this and I'm sure your audience will say, oh, I would do that. You know, would take a a consulting role. And we are seeing some companies, we're talking to them about how they can, you know, you know, baby step bringing people on, maybe do some consulting work, have a consulting project. They get the benefit of a really sharp person with some great experience and the person gets some money coming in and some continuing to hone their skills. And then should it lead to a long-term placement for them and and, and hire for them, that's great. Um, so there is some discussions with different hiring companies about that. And certainly, you know, if we see that more and more, we will, we'll, we'll broadcast that. We try to, you know, and I know a lot of recruiters do this, but, you know, the key is really communicating and listening and, and we're, we're getting the information out there. And then if you do get an interview, the critical piece there is prepare, prepare, prepare. You know, don't go in and assume the person asking the questions is going to ask the right questions. Have an agenda, be prepared. And go in. They only people doing interviewing, unfortunately, don't do it a lot. They might not have done one in a year, maybe six months, maybe a year and a half, because they haven't had a need. I'm hiring for a company in California right now. We haven't had to hire for them in three years, not because they didn't work with us, but because they didn't hire. They didn't need anybody else. So there was no interviewing practice going on. You don't want them, you know, sharpening their chops on you. So it's really important to be interview, you know, prepped, meaning know how to answer questions 
clearly, concisely, know how to go through your background. Don't just assume whoever's asking you the questions is asking the ones. I hear this a lot. Oh, I answered all the questions. And then I I mentioned, did you mention this or this? Oh, they didn't ask that, which I always cringe at. Go in and be able, think about it this way. If you've been in a job where you've been hiring maybe a, a supplier or a partner, they always come in and say, oh, we know you're talking to several different companies and here's why you should partner with us. It's the same thing with interviewing. Say to them, I realize you're going to be talking to multiple candidates in an effort to find the best candidate that's going to be most successful in this role. Here's what differentiates me and connect the dot. Gotcha. It's really making a case for yourself, knowing what does differentiate you and bringing up those points, even if it doesn't come up naturally during the interview. Correct. I want to harken back to a previous point you made. You mentioned like applying to seven different positions at the same company. Help me understand that a little bit. So if there are several positions that are open at the same company, should you not apply or how should people be thinking about that? Well, it, it unfortunately, it's a little bit company by company. The bigger companies seem to have what's known as some firewalls in between. They're not as, you know, unfortunately, they have closed systems, so they're not always sharing information, you know, data of resumes because of equal, because of privacy laws. And some companies, they hold on to resumes. Some of them dump them right away because they, you know, they don't have the bandwidth to, to hold them in a database. And then some of the smaller companies, you know, we've all been on the, on the company side, myself included. It's like, I'm busy. Am I going to run down the hall to XYZ department and say, oh, here's a really good, I might if I'm close with that person or I see him at lunch, but right now we're working at home. You know, I might go, oh, I really should tell Johnny about this great resume. And then I get busy and I don't. So, so yes, you should apply and you should reach out, but be smart about it and not just throwing resumes out there. And, and think about it as a business you are, it's, it's personal. So it's kind of hard sometimes to do so. And people can get, you know, emotional and sensitive, you know, sensitive about things. It's not a personal thing. So you've got to be able to reach out, try to get a contact. You know, you can, now we have all these tools online to find people. So you are reaching out to them, but that's why I say find a, you know, a recruiter that's hiring for them first. Obviously, not every company is using a recruiter, but try to find somebody and reach out to them, and you, and you, and just don't be willy nilly throwing your resume out to this job and to that job and to this job because if they see it and they go, oh, I've already ruled Stephen out, then your Stephen comes up and they may not go through it again. And so it's it's really being considerate of all the information. Now that's the problem with getting in these massive lines, which is why you need to have a network. Call your mentors, call your colleagues and 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 call your, you know, recruiters. Recruiters are the best way. And I'm not saying that because I'm a recruiter, but we are hired to find them. Your friends are a second best way because they can speak to your fit. But the question is, does your friend have a good reputation? Do they have any, do they have any, you know, how far out on the limb are they going to go for you to get the name in there? But they definitely are the next one. If you have both of those, use them in tandem. A recruiter recruits you in and then they tell your friend when to go back, go in and, and validate that. Last but not least, get in line because unfortunately, like I said, you're kind of at, the, it's a probability game. Are you going to be seen by the right people? Right. That totally makes sense. Well, good. Well, Virginia, this has been super helpful. Just, it sounds like, especially given a recession coming up and the the job situation that's right now, you need to be more targeted with um, your jobs, making sure your resume is up to date and very specific, making sure you're applying to really relevant roles and that you have you know friends or recruiters or others to help um, connect you to companies rather than just applying in with an online application. Are there any other like last advice that you would give to listeners today who are looking for jobs? Yes. I think a lot of people in this type a particular environment, they're quick to say, I had this yesterday from someone who I really respect and, and think highly of is there, they said, you know, I'm willing to take a pay cut. I'm willing to do. And that shows obviously your willingness, but think about 
the hiring side, if you were hiring somebody and they were willing to take a pay cut, you know, it, the initial thought, oh, that's great. But you know what? Really, it's it's not because you know darn well, once things come around and yes, things will come around and we will be moving forward. How long that takes, nobody has that perfect crystal ball. But even if it's, you know, it could be six months from now, a year from now, and you get you and life turns around and then you find another job and they can't really blame you for saying, you know what, this has been great, but I found a job that gets me back to where I was. So you're actually a risk to them. So you have to validate to them why you would be invested. It's not that you have to stay there forever, but you're not doing it temporarily. You're not doing it to get through COVID-19. You're not doing it just to get a paycheck. The, the project management or the contract jobs, of course, that that works. But the full-time jobs, you know, you people might go, oh, they're going to get advantage of people they couldn't get before. No, they're not. Um, those people are going to go back to jobs that make the money. If they were used to making, you know, $10,000 more somewhere else or $15,000 more somewhere else, they're going to be looking to get back to their reality too. So the company has to decide, is it a risk? If it's a risk that three, four, five months from now, we've invested in you and you've gotten up to speed and we've trained you on all this wonderful stuff. And now we're expecting the fruit of our investment. And you go, hmm, another job came up that's right here in my backyard that gets me back to where I was before. I really can't ignore it. They can't blame you. So they're going to decide, are you a risk they want to take? So you have to give them another reason for taking that risk. Some people say, oh, I can do that in my sleep. I, that's not a great way to do it because that's another thing you're going to be bored in six months. Some people say, oh, I could do that. I, I used to work with people that did that. Again, you're not the bullseye. It's not about you. It's what you can do for them and why they should invest in you. And you're not an investment that's going to be short-lived for them. And they're going to be back to hiring, you know, next January because you walked away when you got something back on your real life again. That makes sense. That's a great call. I think lots of people are looking for jobs and it's tempting to take one that's maybe not the right fit or maybe a pay cut. And your recommendation is like, hey, have some confidence in yourself and choose the jobs that make the most sense. And if you do take a pay cut, probably have a work reason or the type of work that you're enjoying uh, as reasons to take that job as opposed to simply compromising. And and let the re- hiring manager, I mean, the hiring people need to understand that. They see through it. They sit there and they surmise all different things. Why do you think this person's looking? Well, probably this and manage this. And they come up with a whole bunch of scenarios. I have these conversations daily with my hiring managers about candidates. Well, what about this? Are they going to do this? And what about this? And do they have, you know, so they're trying to figure you out. What's your thought process? So if you're taking a pay cut, they're going to sit there and immediately say, but what about next year when things might be back to normal? Are they going to walk away from us? And now we got to start over. This is a two-year project, or this is our big growth thing, or this is really important to us. So you need to think about helping them take off the table why you might be a risk. Call it right out. Don't assume that you can hide things. Don't put you know, on your resume, put months and years. If you see 2019 and then 2020 or 2018 and 2000, we don't know if you were you know, you could have left at the end of one year and then didn't start again to the end of the next year. But if you just use years, there's a big gap there. It will be found out. They want people who are transparent and invested and can give them a logical reason why they should be investing in them. Virginia, this has been wonderful. My guest today is Virginia Rohr, who is an executive recruiter at the O'Connell Group, who's helped hundreds of marketing and insights professionals find jobs. Virginia, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Anytime. And that concludes my conversation with Virginia Rohr. I learned a ton from that conversation, and for me, there were two overall takeaways I had, as well as I'll share five specific job seeker pieces of advice. 
My first piece of overall takeaway was we don't need to freak out. I know it's very scary when we see all those unemployment numbers and we know that lots of companies are not hiring, but there are a lot of companies that still are. And although we might have to look at other industries and companies that we haven't considered in a while, there are, per Virginia's point, um, still lots of companies that are looking for great candidates. My second overall point is that we need to be strategic. I think that's the main takeaway that Virginia was trying to emphasize over and over again, is we can't allow uh, our emotional feelings or desperation to come through in the job search, but we need to be strategic in everything that we do, from networking to writing a resume to applying to jobs to being in interviews so that we can put our best foot forward and ultimately uh, find a good fit for each one of us. In terms of five specific job seeker pieces of advice, I did want to follow up on the comments that Virginia made earlier. First, make sure your resume is tailored. Virginia made a great point that we can't just list the job responsibilities, but we need to articulate the specific accomplishments we had. How much did sales grow? What actions did marketing team take? How did the company change because of the work that we did? And that should be unique to us and not something that someone else could put on their resume. Number two, company connections. Virginia mentioned that one of the lessons learned from the previous recession was that there's a ton of job seekers and applications for every opening. And that means that companies struggle to go through all of those applications. It's more important than ever to make sure you have an internal connection at the company who can pass along a resume as an internal referral or to work with a recruiter like Virginia in order to get your foot in the door. Simply applying online when you have no connections to the company whatsoever is going to be difficult. Three, what jobs to apply for. Virginia talked about this earlier, but you want to be strategic and apply for the jobs that you are actually qualified for and that you have a good chance of getting. Previous research I've done shows that, you know, if you can fulfill at least 80% of the job requirements, you're probably a good fit to apply to the job. Um, if it's a really big stretch, especially in this environment, um, it might not be worth applying to because as Virginia mentioned, companies don't want to see a single person apply to a ton of different jobs, a lot of which they're not qualified for because that once again suggests that that person is a little bit desperate and not as strategic as that they would like to hire. The fourth takeaway is talking about pay cuts. I thought it was interesting. You know, we're all tempted saying, hey, I need a job right now. I'm totally willing to pay a pay cut. Virginia pointed out that being super willing to take a pay cut in the job process can hint that you might not stay at the job very long. And so while it is okay to take a pay cut, you need to make sure that it makes sense for your career. If you're switching to a different industry or you're applying to a job that gives you a key skill set that you're not going to get elsewhere, that's probably a reason that might be worth taking a bit of a pay cut because strategically it makes sense for your career development. You need to be clear about that and you need to make sure the company that's hiring you or that's interviewing you is very clear about that as well. But simply compromising for something that doesn't make sense for you uh, doesn't look good for the company and uh, doesn't put you in good light. And finally, fifth, and Virginia didn't mention this, but in my experience of talking to and working with dozens of um, job hunters over the years, I've realized that staying emotionally healthy is a huge piece of the job hunt. I would even say that half of the job hunt is getting a job. The other half <laughs> is staying happy and healthy and centered um, despite you know, getting rejections from other job hunters um, and other companies. I remember when I was looking for a job um, after graduation, it was so emotionally taxing to get told no after lots of job applications. And so simple things like making sure to stay close with your friends, finding opportunities to volunteer and give back, doing exercise, staying mentally and emotionally grounded. Maybe that's doing yoga, maybe that's going to church, but finding ways to stay mentally and emotionally healthy is so critical. It's half of it, it battle is keeping up that good attitude during the job search.
As always, if you'd like to learn more about this topic, you can find contact information for Virginia in the show notes by going to diggingforinsights.com. Also, if you're listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, I'd recommend that you leave a review if you could so that others can find this. And if you have a friend or a coworker who was recently impacted, uh, feel free to pass this um, episode along. I hope that these kinds of pieces of advice can be helpful for job seekers everywhere as we all learn to get back onto our feet and to overcome the challenges that present itself at this time. Until next time, I'm wishing you the best as you dig for insights that will grow your career and your business.